This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, this is Frontro on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. I recently had the opportunity to attend the Performing Arts Meeting in Yokohama, Japan, or TPAM for short. TPAM is held every year to provide a platform for performing arts professionals from around the world and particularly Asia to come together to present works, to attend discussions and uh, as well to network. So this is the first of a series of shows we're doing, uh, looking at various aspects of the Performing Arts Meeting. And today I'm doing a critical overview of TPAM with Katrina Stewart-Santiago and Amita Amranath, fellow arts critics from the Philippines and Thailand, respectively. So thank you for joining me, Katrina and Amita. Thank you for having us. Maybe the best place to start would be on a high. Um, I thought it might be nice for each of us to start off by talking about maybe the one show at TPAM that was the highlight for us and why. Um, maybe Katrina can start us off. Okay, I think for the director's showcase, I would have to go with Fieldworks just because it was such a massive three-part thing. Mm -hmm. And I felt like they did it so well in terms of delivering on a concept Mm -hmm. and making sure that we only really got it when we saw the last one. Even when the first two were interesting mm. by themselves, yeah. Mm. Um, and I felt that while it was heavily conceptual, it all resonated, I think, for our current experiences, not just within our own countries, but also just globally, the, the, the kind of um, massive uh, disinformation that we, we and the technological advancement that we really have such trouble grappling with. Um, and so I felt like it was a it was one of those shows that I would always fall back on in terms of what it is theater and the stage and performance can still do. Mm. Could I get you to briefly yeah. describe from your point of view and, and you know field works works are not the easiest to describe if you haven't watched them. Um, but just uh, just for some context, what did you take away from it in terms of the experience? I think the most crucial part of it was how it completely erased, at least for the first two uh, productions, that they completely erased dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, that it deliberately forced the audience to think about what it is to do a performance on the one hand, but also to stage something that is relevant um, without having to shove it down our throats. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the use of technology and of props and of music and of just movement without highlighting um, the without making the the performer such a central part of it and instead forcing us to deal with just the production as a whole was uh, was important. Uh, it is hard to describe, though. Mm. And I feel like, and because I've been wanting to write about it, I actually asked the production to send me photographs mm-hmm. and they all they did was also just send me photographs that we've seen online so there's also such a burden to have to describe what it was like mm. Um, mm. 
So Fieldworks is a, a collaboration um, between Haini Abdal and Yukiko Shinozaki. And um, I'm glad you brought them up because for me, also because there were three distinct shows by them, which all kind of come together and tell an overall story as well. Um, but for me, I think the highlight for of, of the entire time at TPAM definitely was their second staging, which was unannounced, um, mm-hmm. which really breaks down the walls of what... It brings on the walls between performer and audience, um, between theater space and 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 public space. Uh, you know, even between time and and sort of when something starts and when something ends. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I really liked that. It was it was bizarre, and I it kind of <laughs> maybe lost me a little bit because it went a little too long. Um, yeah. But I think as an experience, uh, it it really worked for me and and uh, made me. I think uh, one of the things that was maybe not as present for me in a lot of the shows um, being shown at TPAM this year was a sense of like wonder or surprise. And Mm -hmm. um, Fieldworks was definitely one of those that played with that a lot, Um, you know, just evoking a very primal sense of um, whether it's fear or joy or, or, or shock. um, They managed to do that quite well in, in almost everything they did. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think maybe that that's it. That captures it. The the notion of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and Fieldworks wasn't the only one that tried to to do that to us as an audience. Mm. But I felt like they were one of the more successful ones mm-hmm. um, because they they it seemed like they were editing themselves a lot. It seemed like even when it went on for too long, you mm-hmm. felt like it was deliberate. Mm. And yeah. Amita, what about you? What was a favorite? I agree with you guys that Fieldworks really stood out for me the most. And I actually think that unwritten, my favorite was actually Unwritten Conversation, the last one, mm-hmm. because it, it tied everything together. Like it could, But then again, like none of them could exist together and none of them could exist without. Mm. The, like, yeah. yeah, the other two couldn't exist in the same way without unwritten conversation. Which you interestingly don't realize until you've watched the third one. Exactly, because we were all wondering why are there three of their works? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone got one one production, you Mm. know, except then. And then we realized that in the third one that, oh, this is why they had three productions. Um, And uh, and I thought, and what I love about it is is like, I think all of the shows um, in T-Pan Direction for me, was about process and product. Mm-hmm. You know, it played with those ideas. And I think Fieldworks did it the best in because it was fun. It was um it was uh, thought it was thought provoking. It was about our experience and but it was also witty and playful and it had a lot of sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's that that I don't know, it kinda won my heart if, if you're talking about favorite. Mm. Um and it was just, yeah, and I love the fact, like um, what you said, Shamila, that it was Shamila about that. It was like, where does it begin? Where does it end? That kind of thing. I think that came up a lot in like, you know, the retreat as well. But I think with this one, I love that it went back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. You remember when like it the 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 curtain opened at the end and then we kind of saw that at the little exhibition that they put together and I love how they managed to think up how how can word exist, how can thought 
how can we put thought process? Yes. Yeah, I like that too. The, the focus on the word for me was really interesting. How can we visualize thought process? I mm. thought that was really smart and really fun to interact with. Mm. So that's my favorite from TPAM Direction. Um, what about the fringe? Um, Katrina, you started this <laughs> off by asking, were we talking about direction or fringe? I think you and I might both have the same favorite one. Um, I think, yes, the kiosk, mm -hmm. um, which which we both saw. Um, yeah. But also it's it's high up there with forecasting. Ah, which yes. Was, yes. Which I which didn't see. Crazy. So maybe yes. I could get you to tell tell me about that. Um, forecasting is by Giuseppe Chico and Barbara Matejevic. Mm -hmm. Um, they're from the dance company Premier Stratagem. I am reading from the Tepam website right now. <laughs> we did watch I'd, upwards of 10 shows, so we do need to recall quite a bit. And in fact, I realized when I got back here that they had put up the whole show of forecasting online. Uh -huh. And so you guys can actually check it out. They oh. edited it a bit from what I saw, mm -hmm. but the premises remain the same. They, they use YouTube videos that are for that are in the public domain, i.e. that are that are accessible to the public. And they create these small, very short narratives in the different voices of social media characters, um, which is to say, you know, um, for example, she shifts quickly from very macho, um, very uh, almost violent voices of men teaching people how to use different guns on YouTube mm -hmm. um, to the voice of like, a young teenage girl um, trying to figure out how to put on makeup. And she mm. does so, and as she shifts from these voices, you also see her um, performing the actions that are in the videos mm -hmm. so that her hands are always at the back of the computer screen. So that you're looking at um, you're looking at a performance that has the body of the performer, her voice in these different characters, and the YouTube videos as they have been edited to come together um, mm -hmm. for each of these different voices. Um, and I felt like it was one of the more scary shows that I saw because it highlighted just the way things are, uh, the, the notion of selves in the time of, of the internet mm -hmm. and of just, you know, uh, fakery and falsity and what it is that we project to this invisible audience. But also it was the funniest show that I saw because it was also very um, tongue-in-cheek and it, 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 it was such a well-written script um, that also didn't clearly begin or end. Um, and so you also leave the show thinking, wow, they could just go on and on with this project. Mm -hmm. But also this is enough to remind us of the state of affairs as we know it in the present. Given technology, given um, mm -hmm. falsity, ourselves and what we what it is we try to reveal of ourselves to this world and Amita did you have any favorites from the fringe selection <laughs> not really <laughs> I mean I watched only three and two were quite like one of them was definitely 
for me, I just hated it. Like the Romeo and Juliet one, mm-hmm. um, that they collaborated with a Lithuanian installation artist. Um, but, but my favorite one, cause now we're just talking about, um, um, the ones, the things we like. Um, I think my favorite, favorite one was the Island Bar. Island Bar, I thought, I thought it was cute. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was, um, you know, enjoyable. I like the idea that, um, it's about Island culture. So they, t- um, it's, um, you know, artists from Japan, um, Korea and Taiwan, and, um, they each have their own interpretation of Island culture. And like they set up tables in a bar that is underground, um, and, um, yeah, they each have their own interpretation of what Island is like one lady and we, we just go to different tables mm-hmm. and they make cocktails for us. And the cocktail is related to the story they were telling. For example, one table I went to, um, um, told the story, the history of the bar itself, for example, or another one was about, um, like, or you play card games with them and, um, and things like that. So, but then it was, it did it wasn't, it didn't give us that much time. I ended up only going to only two tables out of, uh, or th- three tables out of five or six in there. And yeah, it was just one of those, oh, fun, interactive theater that I didn't feel like was super thoughtful or anything like that. <laughs> it's just, it just, it just let the, the artists interpret and do whatever they want at their table, mm. you know. Although the cocktails um, seem to be selling the idea to me quite strongly. <laughs> cocktail is fun. and like sometimes they mix a cocktail or like they have ingredients that are interesting mm-hmm. um but you know um yeah i, I mean it was fun it was cute mm. and um that was the best one the other ones like romeo and Juliet, like i said i think we all watched that and we all ha- did not like that one mm-hmm. and you and i shamila we watched um what was it house in the dunes house in the dunes yes which and um was, yeah which could have I felt like had a lot of potential and I only wish that I, because so much of it was in Japanese without uh, translation being provided immediately. Yeah, Yeah, no subtitles. And we kind of just had to refer to a script. I think that was a bit of a disconnect. During the performance. Yes, yes. Um, I read the script. I felt like, why did it, why was it staged that way? Like there was not much to the script. I didn't even like the script that much. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't understand why the the acting style had to be that way. So I like liked a- I liked the script for House in the Dunes. It had a very fable, um, folklore kind of quality. Um, ag- again, which I felt could have been quite easily translated for stage without it being uh, uh, intrusive or anything. Um, but the fact that they just left it in Japanese for an international audience, um, I didn't quite get that choice. Yeah, and I I love the voice work. I think their yes. physical work and voice work were quite um were quite um, um were quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. My personal favorite, and and actually I would even extend this to say, even though it was a fringe performance, it might even be my favorite um, of all of TPAM or, or up there was um, what Katrina briefly mentioned earlier, which is Kiosk okay. by Arika. I mean, of course, Arika has been staging Kiosk, I think, for nearly a decade now. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a very established show that's been staged in many places. And it's, it's a one-woman show uh, starring Tomoko Ando. And it's 
essentially a um, a convenience store, um, a, a sort of a, a convenience store set in, um, or, or rather, I think a, a, a kiosk, which sort of sells like daily necessities. And it's the story of a woman who works in there. It's highly physical, um, highly almost mechanical and focuses on the rep- repetition of in this working in this job and um, it's just such a beautiful and simultaneously uh, sort of sad yet energetic and, <laughs> and humorous performance and, and yeah. I was just so taken by it and the music was great the staging and the set was great uh, the lighting worked so well um, yeah, and it was short it was short yes right that's true ready. Yeah. Oh, She's and of course. Ready for <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so on that note, um, I do need to take a quick. We do need to take a quick break. Um, but when we come back, we'll continue uh, this. I suppose critical overview of the performing arts meeting in Yokohama that uh, the three of us went to. I'm speaking to arts critics Katrina Stewart Santiago from the Philippines and Amita Amranand from Thailand. You're listening to Front Row on the Bigger Picture. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. Today is the first of a series of shows we're doing on the recently held Performing Arts Meeting in Yokohama. And we're kicking things off with an overall critical review of the performances that were staged. And joining me to do this are arts critics Katrina Stewart-Santiago from the Philippines and Amita Amranath from Thailand. Right, so we spent the first half of the show talking about um, some of our favourites. Um, so naturally now we're going to be uh, talking about some of the ones that maybe didn't work quite so well for us. Amita, do you want to start us off by um, perhaps something that didn't quite hit the mark for you? Well, for the French, definitely, like I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. um, Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I mean, it was, this is a very young troupe, obviously, very young director, um, very young um, and not very experienced um, performers, I found. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just felt like Oh yeah, and they they worked with a Lithuanian um, Lithuanian um, installation artist with all these like black balloons that look really really impressive in photos. Mm-hmm. And uh, in there too, it looked it looked interesting in 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 the Fay Art Museum and uh, in the in a, in a little room in Fay Art Museum, but they just didn't use it. And I think Romeo and Juliet. And the thing is, it's, it's not, you know, straight up Romeo and Juliet. They kind of did like an afterlife of Romeo and Juliet, right? After the death. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but the thing was, they kind of add in like scenes that are actually from Romeo and Juliet, like the fight scene and all of that. And um, and it was just strange. I don't know what they were going for exactly. And I felt like for Romeo and Juliet, it's such a passionate tale, right? I mean, that's why it, it became a tragedy. Um but um, but like there was just absolutely no passion in that production whatsoever. <laughs> it felt like a very green production, very young and almost yeah. undeveloped. <laughs> yeah, and like let's just be a little weird. Let's, um, I don't know. And like the the production design was quite terrible as well. I find. <laughs> Like the ghost that we all complained about, we were just like, "Is this serious? Is this supposed to be a joke, or is this like, you know?" Yeah, it was just a very amateurish production. Mm-hmm. What about in that, um, yeah. in TPM direction? It's what about in TPM direction? Were there any that you thought um, were difficult or problematic, or could have done better, perhaps? 
I just felt um, sandbox bent of by troop call um, Taihen. Uh, Taihen. Mm. And uh, the director of the group, the founder of the group, and I guess creators, director of all the most of the shows, and of course of this show is all. She's also um, uh, she's a disabled, uh, physically disabled uh, uh, artist, and all her all her performances, and including this one, it, you know, have um, performers with disabilities in them. Mm. And this one is about like a journey of this one character through the bento boxes, which is the idea itself is very cute. And visually, it's quite impressive. And uh, from what I understand, people have told me about the talk. I didn't go to the talk, her keynote talk, but she wanted to develop a vocabulary of people with, um, you know, missing limbs or things like that um, for, for this production as well. And um, I just had a difficult time following the story because it felt like the setup felt like it could should be easy to follow the story. It, it was, I just had a really difficult time following the story. Um, I like the concept that she also wants to I like the concept that she wants to develop a certain kind of vocab movement voc vocabulary out of differently able bodies. Mm -hmm. But just storytelling wise was I think it was a failure story storytelling wise. But visually they had like some moments that were really powerful. Mm. It was just I just was disappointed that the storytelling didn't hold the attention of the of the audience. Mm. And Katrina, what about you? Um I I was very lucky with the French shows. Um, except for Romeo and Juliet, mm -hmm. and I'm not, I don't really have anything more to say about it that Amitha hasn't talked about yet. Um, in directions, um, I think I, more than not liking, um, maybe I was just, like, I was least prepared for something like, um... What was that happy thing that everyone enjoyed that I didn't enjoy? Uh, freeway dance is mm -hmm. not is not really a non favorite, but I didn't stay with it long enough. I think. Mm -hmm. and, and this was the is, four hour dance. It's a four performance. hour dance yeah. um, performance um, that required audience participation. If one is to consider uh, being participative. Um, staying in one space for that whole duration. Um, it's by Ayaka Nakama. And I feel like it it only is on this list of mine of the ones that I, I didn't quite um, appreciate. Mostly because, and I, and I admit that I must have not been in the right, I must have been unprepared <laughs> for what it required of me as an audience member. Um, in the same way that I feel like my... My uh, reaction to Philosophical Enactment 1 and 2 by Padme Nichetur mm -hmm. um, is really born of my, my own limitation in terms of um, watching something so academic, um, which is what this was, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. because it was a conversation uh, between the dancer and her body and an, uh, an academic voice talking about theory, yeah, and I felt like I, it just lost me from the moment mm. it started. I can mm. appreciate it for what it wanted to do. 
Um, I can imagine being in a different state of mind. Maybe had I read the theory first <laughs> before mm. entering this space. <laughs> um, maybe if I had a better sense of the dance movements that she was deconstructing in the process. Maybe mm. if I was more prepared for it, then I would have gotten more into the material. But as someone who was just walking in and who didn't really know what to expect, um, it it left so much, it, it left, it, it was such a distance that I couldn't really uh, bridge. Um, and in retrospect, it's one of those productions that I feel um, I should have been better prepared for um, had I known what it required of me um, intellectually. Uh, within that particular moment. Because right now, I don't really remember much of what she did on the stage. What mm -hmm. I remember are the words that was coming from from the audio. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so it's difficult to even grapple with, okay, so so was that did I like that performance? Did I... <laughs> did I uh, what was she doing exactly? You know, so it... it and so I feel like um, at least those two shows were um, there was a distance that I couldn't quite uh, that I couldn't bridge um, mm. and that might be why they're on this list of like the shows I will write about much much later mm. Amita conversely you quite enjoyed both philosophical I... enactment and freeway dance right? Yes I really enjoy oh, oh yes um, yes I really enjoy freeway dance mm -hmm. um, it's funny I, it doesn't I don't remember why I like it so much. I just thought <laughs> I I like that it you know we can walk in and out. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, I like her dancing and mm -hmm. her way of just being in the space. And the thing is, I I don't know. I felt relaxed. I like the space because she really decorated the the performance, like the the big black box space, uh, quite beautifully, like with a garden in the middle, and you have all these stations with like a bookshelf with a game station, with a coffee, like, a uh, booth. With a um, reading space. With swings. Yeah, things like that. So you kind of, kind of lose yourself in the space as well and, mm -hmm. like, you know, go back and forth between her performance and all of that. And then in, in the middle, you have lunch. I, I really enjoy, like, in the middle, <laughs> either lunch or dinner, depending which performance you go to. And I like that, that just, like, you know, the, she brings you into sort of her her internal life sort of mm. and then there's dance yeah, I think and... my thing with freeway dance as well I agree that the set was fantastic mm -hmm. but I mm -hmm. think one of the, my, my my first reactions to it right or wrong was that they wanted you to interact with the space but they disallowed you from taking photographs Mm. And that to me is always a strange thing because when you do an installation, which is what this was, and mm. you allow an audience to go in, interact with um, everything that's there, ride the swing, drink coffee, read the books, etc., you also have to acknowledge the fact that for this particular generation of audiences the first reaction is to take a photograph. Yes, that's right. A big part of the interaction is making right. the photo making aspect. Yeah. Mm. And and yeah. to me the moment you disallow us to react in that visceral way to being told to participate, then you also lose that first layer of allowing us to participate mm. by allowing us to take photographs. 
And, right. it, and to be fair, Freeway wasn't the only one that was like that. Fieldworks was like that as well. Yes. Um, even that last show, um, Unwritten Conversation, right? The, the Impulse, because they had exhibited that whole, all their props and their the production itself was finally all in front of us, all three shows. The Impulse mm-hmm. was to take photographs. Mm-hmm. But it was disallowed. I guess performers still have not think thought of it. That if you thought of this aspect, that when people move into a gallery or a gallery-like atmosphere or an exhibition-like atmosphere, people usually just take photos. Whereas performances, traditionally, you can really are not allowed to take photos. Yeah. Yes, you know. So, but yes, when you're merging, this, when you're kind of merging yeah. that line between um, visual art or installation and performance, then this question of um, then when are photos okay and when are they not is is a bit tricky, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, for me personally, one that I, bo- I wouldn't say I didn't like. I, I enjoyed and valued the experience, but I'm left feeling a little bit confused about what the show wanted to achieve um, was actually the retreat by uh, mm-hmm. by uh, Tanapol Virul Hakol from uh, from Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a, uh, a dance performance in this sort of secret space that, you know, we had to kind of meet at a different location and we were taken to the secret staging venue. Um, it was so interesting in many ways but I felt like the <laughs> all of the effort of finding your way there and then the the um, the novelty of the space itself um, wasn't particularly uh, worth I think <laughs> what the performance ended up being it, it felt I, I couldn't connect with the performance as much as I could with maybe um, there were parts of it that I could connect with, but overall, I was left confused about what I was supposed to feel. Um, and I, and I, and that's one of those shows that I wish I could have liked more. I think because there were many things about it to like, um, and yet the overall impact—it's one of those that. You know, the, it, it fades very quickly. I remember the journey there more than I do the show itself, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is a pity, I think. <laughs> And it didn't help that we were so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. It's a long show and it's late at night. So by the time you're done, everything is closed. <laughs> and Yokohama is very cold. <laughs> yes. Um, we are un- unfortunately running out of time, um, but I, I do want to wrap up by maybe um, getting the two of you to share your overall impression of the kinds of shows that were presented at TPAM and what that says about where the performing arts is kind of heading in this region uh, at the moment. I mean, were you surprised? You know, is is this something that um, you came in expecting? Was I surprised? Not exactly. Not exactly. Maybe because I take part in BIPAM, Bangkok International Performing Arts Meeting, Mm. and they kind of, I just saw that, oh, this is, BIPAM is now, BIPAM models the festival so much like, um, so much after TPAM. So I guess I was kind of like, oh, okay. So here's here's the here's the model. Here's the you know the original. Um, I wasn't surprised. I was kind of excited that I I was I was really impressed by the programming of TPAM Direction. Mm. I think it was very strong in gen- in general. Um, I think it even though it has the theme of physical expression, it went beyond that. And mm. um, and I like the idea that have inviting directors to uh, different curators to 
greatly contribute and select shows to be part of, of TPAM direction instead of having one artistic director. Mm. Um, I think overall it's, it's just very good. And I like that it's, um, there, there are performances and they're also meetings and networking. And like, there's a quite a good balance of that, mm. of, um, presentations, talks, sharing sessions and all of that. Um, I, I, I really like that. Um, so it didn't feel like, remember that, um, there's a Mexican, um, producer or something. Ah, uh, yes. Who, 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 who sat with us for a while. He was yeah. like, and this does not feel like a market. And we always kind of say it feels more like a festival, even though it calls itself a meeting and it started off calling itself a market. Mm. So it doesn't feel like it. And some people say that it's a good place to come and talk about performances rather than to shop for performances. So I guess this is good. Like this, this place is also good for, you know, produ- it's great for producers. It's also great for critics like us. Cause for me, it, it, it also got me thinking about criticism because so much of it is process based. And so, so much of it is process driven. And I think in a way, this is direction, the direction of uh, performing arts is going in in uh in at least in this region is how do we like more and more artists are playing with process or at least the audience is demanding more to know about Mm. what's going on with the process of a production um there's more interest in that and i think for critics that would be interesting to see and producers it would be interesting to see how they want to present process Mm. as a product and um or work in progress as a product. And for criticism, I think for me, that's what I'm writing about a bit is how do you present, how do you, where, where does criticism begin? Where does seeing a production begin? You know? Mm. I um, just want to pick up on one thing that you, you just said, which uh, was the, uh, that emphasis on physical movement. Um, uh, for me, I found that really interesting and also exciting because one of the limitations of working, um, I suppose, in the performing arts in in this region is that division of spoken language. And TPAM uh, TPAM kind of gave me a lot of insight into how those gaps can be bridged. Uh, You know, we were watching shows by uh, people who don't speak the same language as you, and sometimes they incorporate it into the performance and sometimes they're not. Um, However, uh, Physical language mattered a lot more. Staging mattered a lot more. The process mattered a lot more than actual spoken words. Um, Mm -hmm. And where words were used, they were used very pointedly and very intentionally. Um, And Mm -hmm. I liked that. And it, it gave me a lot of... Because for a long time now, I've been thinking a lot about how regionally the arts can work across borders. And this gave me a lot of hope and excitement and ideas for how that might be. And that for me was maybe one of the biggest takeaways. Mm -hmm. Mm. And Katrina, what about you? Oh, it was absolutely surprising coming from Manila. Um, I am certain that being from Manila is a limitation in itself, given how huge this country is. But Unlike um, Thailand that has uh, BIPAM, um, we don't have that. So our sense of what theater and performance is about is primarily limited to um, social realism and straight-up narratives Mm. shoved down resistance and rebellion down your throat. Or... um, happy, make-us-all-feel-good musicals. And this is really what dominates the kind of performance arts that we have 
here. Um, it's what makes money. It's what producers want to to make more of. It's what brings in the audiences. And so there there are very few um, local groups that do things that would fit into um, what. Tipam actually had curated for us in terms of performances. And, and so this was a pretty massive um, surprise to me that um, even the works from Southeast Asia were already um, heavily conceptual, um, were already looking at process as product. Um, we're already looking at the ways in which we can talk about the state of our our countries and our region and the world um, in ways that aren't just um, that aren't the usual that aren't just about um, giving us the words to um, to to live by in times of um, dismay and disgust and distress. You know, uh, mm. I, I think we. At the end of it, we were like, I think it was with you, Sharmila, that I was saying uh, that I, I, can you just please give me a musical already? Because, <laughs> <laughs> because, I, because I felt like I was just so brain tired. There mm-hmm. was no one production, even whether Fringe, except for Romeo and Juliet, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> there was not one production that I saw across the Fringe and the director's showcase. And even the production that was not even really a performance, which was... Um, sex and 19, right? Mm-hmm. Which no one saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which no one yeah. saw. Um, um, I felt like all of them across the board um, required such uh, so much headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of not just looking at what was in front of us or what was not in front of us, but also in terms of um, where it came from and where it was going. Um, and it was that openness, I think, that also totally floored me. Mm-hmm. That it 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 isn't about a conclusion. That none of them, none of these works were about um, a very clear decision mm-hmm. um, or a very clear response to a problem or a crisis or a situation. That all of them were such open endings um, that also to me allows, also to me means they, they trust this audience enough to process it themselves, which mm. is a great mm-hmm. thing, um, which I think uh, the usual narratives and uh, the usual social realist ways of telling stories on stage um, actually, this allows us from being. It just allows us from being active spectators that will leave the theater wondering, okay, so what do we do next? Where are mm-hmm. we in this in this state of affairs, right? And so I felt, I, and I still feel this way, which is why I haven't written about it yet. <laughs> um, I'm still trying to grapple with um, with the, the whole experience and how to also. Um, encourage it in in the Philippines because I feel like um, it is the direction that we should all be going Mm -hmm. Um, at a time when the old ways in which we've learned to 
talk about issues doesn't quite work anymore. Mm. I think that is um, the perfect note actually to end this on. Thank you so much, Katrina and Amitha. Um, you know, we could go on talking about this, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but we are running out of time. But it was great processing this experience with the both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Amitha. I've been speaking with arts critics Katrina Stewart-Santiago from the Philippines and Amita Amranan from Thailand about the performing arts meeting in Yokohama that just ended. This is the first in a series of shows that we are doing about the event, so do tune in next Tuesday to Front Row for the second part. If you've missed any part of today's interview or any previous Front Row segments, you can download the podcasts on bfm.my, on our BFM app or on Spotify. You've been listening to Front Row on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.